2: using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines or maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married, but you know what I mean. I am Kristen from Kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never
1: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we are talking about the sexiest topic of all. The topic all women love, consent. We are going to teach you how to get consent from women in a very sexy, attractive way so it doesn't feel stiff and robotic. You're going to love this episode. We also talk about sexually transmitted diseases and how to communicate that information to your partners. A really, really great episode. So keep listening.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to your favorite podcast where you learn all about women, the Ask Women podcast. And I'm your host, Kristen Carney from KristenAndChill.com. And of course, we've got Marnie Kinris from wingirlmethod.com. And today we have something that we haven't really talked about in a super long time. And I'm excited to get into it because it's like a awkward topic for a lot of people. So we have an expert to help us with it. We have Janelle Marie Pierce, who's the executive director for the STI project and spokesperson for Positive Singles. So thanks for hanging with us,
1: Janelle.
0: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, I am very excited for you to be here. And I really, I don't plan on talking very much because I really just want to be educated by you, to be honest. But I would love if you could tell your audience a bit about you, a bit about your program, a bit about what it means to be sex positive, like all of these terms and words that they may have never heard before. But I love a bit of a background on you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a certified sexuality educator and I specialize in STIs and STDs, sexually transmitted infections and diseases. And I've been doing this for the past 10 years. And it's because of my personal experience. When I was 16, I contracted genital herpes and I really internalized the stigma that's associated with STIs. But then my lived experience was very different and it didn't impact my relationships. I had an awesome sex life and multiple partners all in really healthy, wonderful, rewarding relationships, great professional life, personal life, etc. And so at one point, I finally said to myself, like, this doesn't make sense. There's this immense stigma associated with STIs and STDs, but the actual experience of the people who have them, which the vast majority of people end up contracting one at some point. So tons and tons of people is very different. But we feel so isolated. And why is this? there this huge disconnect? So I set out basically to figure that out, to do a lot of educating myself. And that's kind of where the sex positivity comes in. And that's why I became a certified sexuality educator, so I could help inform others and empower others really so that they can make decisions with their bodies that they felt really good about and so that they didn't end up like sometimes things happen and it's not ideal to contract an infection nobody wants a cold or the flu or an STI of course but these things happen and it's part of the human experience oftentimes so how do we handle it in a way that's responsible and thoughtful mature etc and still enjoy our
1: sex lives yeah. Well, that's my next question. How do, we, <laughs> how do we do that? How do we enjoy our sex lives and feel positive about the things that have happened to us because we are simply humans living our lives? Like how can the guys who are listening, let's say they don't have an STI, but they have something else going on in their life. Like how can they be okay with the things that happen to them?
0: Ooh, I mean, that's such a big question, right? There's a lot to unpack. You know, I think the overall thing is to recognize that we feel so isolated when we're talking about our sexuality as a whole. Not even if you've had an STI and or are living with an STI, but just stuff around our sexuality because we live in a culture that uses sex to monetize everything. We advertise with sex for toothpaste and basketballs and you know every kind of benign type of thing, sex sells it. But then when it comes to actually talking about it in a practical way, we don't do that. And so we feel like anything we're feeling or doing or want or our experiences are all isolated and we're the only ones who have those experiences, feelings, wants, et cetera. And so I think that understanding and just having an awareness that if you have shame around something around your sexuality, everyone has experienced, almost everyone has experienced sexual shame at some point and still carries that with them and has some things that they just aren't sure about and how to communicate that and to actualize that and what that might mean for them in their sex life. So I think that helps to make it a more human and more relatable experience that like what you're experiencing isn't you're not as unique of a snowflake as you think you are. Like you're not as isolated and as individual in those experiences and and unique wants and needs and stuff. Like we all have desires and ways in which we want to express our sexuality that we don't even necessarily know how to do that in a great way, but it's not necessarily unique either.
1: Right. It is interesting because I would say like even from the three of us, I'm sure we have different desires, different wants, but we all have them, right? Right. As you're saying, every individual has something going on inside of them that they're secretly wanting or even overtly wanting, but there is this stigma attached, well, I mean, maybe not on this show, but for many people, there is a stigma attached to expressing that to other people. Is there, I don't want to say like a system or a step-by-step process, like, is there a clear way to express? Express Anything sexual, whether it's that you have an STI or that you have a fantasy for X, Y, and Z, like, is there a certain, not script, I don't want to say that it's scripted, but like, what are the rules behind expressing these truths about yourself whenever you're communicating about sexuality? Or is there, is there a script?
0: I mean, there certainly is not a script for all people and there aren't rules for all people. As long as the activities and whatever's happening is consented and mutually consented between all parties involved, then you do you, boo, and do whatever the hell you want to do with your bodies. And I totally support it. I think, especially for, for people who identify as men or who are masculine presenting and that's their experience, a part of the problem and part of the limiting factor in our culture is that we're not encouraged to talk about our intimacy and the ways in which we want to connect on a sexual and intimate, physically intimate level. And in order to do that, we have to be vulnerable. It feels vulnerable. It feels like we're taking a risk. We don't have a lot of good examples of that modeled in our culture. And so, but that vulnerability is what breeds intimacy, that builds connection. So we need to be vulnerable to some extent in order to connect. And that doesn't necessarily mean this like long-term, forever monogamous bond. It can be a casual hookup, but even to have a connection that you really feel like to get to that and to have a pleasurable experience, there has to be some sort of connection there. And that requires a little bit of vulnerability and sharing ourselves with someone else or someone else's, multiple someone else's. So that I think encouraging and embracing and like supporting our vulnerability is, is the key to like, that's the script. That's the, not necessarily the rule, but the opening the door to the potential for additional pleasure and rewarding relationships and incredible sexual experiences.
1: I would love, if it's possible, to have some sort of example of how this can be expressed to women. So for a lot of the guys who are listening, I'm guessing, I'm going to put words into their mouths, but right away... If they were to hear that statement, they'd probably say, oh, if I say this, I'm going to be needy. If I say this, I'm going to be seen as a beta or somebody weak. But I can see that actually would be the opposite and a woman would actually really value that kind of vulnerability. But I think that it does scare a lot of men away. So is there an example that we can give to men about how to express themselves sexually? Like, Like, let's say it is just for a casual encounter. How can a man still spark that attraction, be sexy and be vulnerable with women all at the same time. Like what could they say to a woman that they wanted to be intimate with?
0: Right. It's a lot to try and do to keep your, like to keep your composure and kind of the facade because there's a little bit of a game that we play. We're presenting our best selves and it's hard to be vulnerable because that feels like are not necessarily our best selves. But like you said, it actually really does build connection and interest. And and it opens the door for the other person and our persons to exchange mutual interests and, and desires as well. So that conversation, whomever starts it, can be the catalyst for like a really awesome and interesting communication. And I think being fun and flirty about it and like authentic, like maybe you're a super serious person and so that doesn't make a lot of sense for you. But like, however, whichever method, maybe it's face-to-face, maybe it's through text, WhatsApp, I don't care which way you want to do it. But I think being honest and you can even say like, I don't even know necessarily how to say this, but I really want to say this. And so I'm curious, like how you're thinking and kind of asking too, especially if you're you're having like a one-on-one conversation with whatever modality you're using, asking if they're receptive to it. So I think that's important is like, rather than sending like, of course, the proverbial, this is awful dick pic or something like, obviously, that's not the way to start in a really sexy exchange right yeah right (laughs) but you can still have a sexual communication talk about your interests like where you're hoping expectations this to go etc but i think opening the door of like first you say like hey i'm kind of have some like come some questions i want to ask you or a couple of things on my mind and are you open to this are you receptive of this you can gauge by that person's response Are they closed off? Are they interested? Are they flirting back? And then you pace it that way and do your best to read the room. And I think just being authentic with your communication and admitting if it's a little awkward, like you don't even know the right words to use, but man, you're super into this and really would like to see where this goes. And just whatever language feels normal for you in casual conversation like use your own colloquialisms etc but you can do it in a flirty and fun way and it doesn't have to be this like okay we need to sit down and talk about our boundaries and what's going to happen next and what's safe for sex practices i mean it doesn't have to be serious necessarily you can if that's your style like that's totally how you roll then go with it but you can also be fun and flirty about it too and it can be just as effective
2: so i think the burning question no pun intended that a lot of guys are waiting to hear the answer to is how do you tell someone you have an STI? How do you present it? It's like, do you bring it up at dinner? Do you tell them before you even go on a date together? You know, it's this really strange place to be when, you know, you meet someone on a dating app and you're really into them and you're out and you're like, I have to go to the bathroom. You know, how do they slip it in there? So then they can later slip it in there. Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. Exactly. Pun intended. So there's two schools of thought around that type of disclosure. And one school of thought is like, put it on your dating app, say it right away, up front, get it over with, because then you're not as emotionally invested. There's less emotional risk to you and you'll find out right away. And it's six to one half a dozen of the other. And sometimes it, it just depends on the relationship as well. So this can be fluid and it can change over time based on what feels good at that moment in time and with that individual. But you could also wait to establish a bit of a connection because you want to, the idea behind that is you want to establish some trust before sharing something that's intimate and personal. And of course, before engaging in activities with them. So you're not putting them at risk, but nobody puts everything all out on the table, or at least not usually you don't put everything about your, you don't like verbally vomit all of your story all in one sitting kind of thing, that would be off-putting for most people. Again, unless that's truly your style, then go for it. But some people like to pace it out and wait a little bit. And then like, I have a whole bunch of tips for how to actually do it. But I think that's the consideration is, do you want to say it up front or do you want to wait a little bit? And before the relationship is heading, you can tell it's heading in that direction. And then you can open the door to that conversation. But what I'll say kind of as closure to answer this specific question is that it's a mutual conversation.
1: Sorry, I know there was like a delay, so I caught you. I was going to say, as a woman, I would love your perspective. Like, what would you want? Like, when would you want it? Would you want it put out on a profile? Because to be honest, when things are flat on paper... And they can't see you, who you are, your personality. I feel like people could rule you out simply because of something they don't understand. And they don't really have a grasp on who you are yet. So, but I guess I want to ask your opinion. Like as a woman, what would you want from the other person? What's important to you? You know,
0: that's a really good question because I actually have a good story. So I already had herpes. I was already doing this work. And I had started to talk to someone, it was through Facebook, and then we moved from DMs to text message. And eventually the person told me that they had genital warts. And so I already have herpes. Herpes is forever and genital warts is long-term. It eventually does clear and for most people with healthy immune systems, but it can last for a few years. As short as like six months and up to a few years. And so I had to like really seriously consider do I want another STI and and one that presents physical symptoms commonly so that are not necessarily very becoming like warts aren't delightful to look at just like a herpes outbreak and i do actually get regular outbreaks so i'm like do i really want to hook up with this person but ultimately we had been talking for a while we had hung out a couple of times i was super into this person and i finally decided you know what fuck it like i'm just going to go for it and If that ends up being part of my experience, then yes. But to answer specifically your question is had they had actually said right out the gate, if if that's like was on their profile for me because of my own personal perspective, because I already had one STI, you know, and everyone's going to feel differently about it. I probably would have passed because I wouldn't have been connected. It wouldn't have been a loss to me. And I wouldn't have been interested anyway. And there would have been other fish in the sea and so, et cetera. So for me, actually, it was good that they had waited a little bit to where I was kind of interested enough to say, you know what I do, I want to, I still want to get with this person like very bad. And so I'm going to do it and maybe I'll regret it later, but oh, well, here we go. And, and it was some of the best sex I've ever had in my entire life. So it was truly worth it. And then I didn't end up ever contracting genital warts. So I may have had HPV, but they didn't present as warts and, so that was a while ago
1: and whatever. Everybody has HPV, right? Doesn't like 90% of the population <laughs> have HPV anyway? So good risk on your part. I think that's wonderful for you to share because I think it really... And I don't know if this is a male-female thing. I always say that it's a more of a a woman thing and I might be using my terms incorrectly. But from my perspective, the females that I know, once they're invested in a partner, man, woman, whatever all those rules go out the window. Anything that they may have not liked on paper at first, they're like, "Ah, screw it. Oh, he's a bank robber. I really like him and he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I'm in. Who cares, you know?" So I that's the advice that I give to the guys that I work with is, you know, get to know her first before sharing that information. But I did want to ask you specifically like when and how does a person share that information with somebody else? Is it before They have sex with each other. Is there like a different route that you take for your dating? Like, do you become intimate with people slower? Like, how does it work? And what can be the guidance for the guys that are listening?
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to disclose before engaging in activities so that it is fully consensual activities are happening. Otherwise, it's not fully consented because you didn't give the person an opportunity to make a decision for their risk assessment, etc., but that can be like immediate, like you can have casual hookups and have an STI. So it just depends on what the outcome is, what you're hoping to achieve out of this. Is it short-term pleasure? You're just hooking up for for the evening, for the afternoon, whatever, morning time, I don't care, whenever you're hooking up. Or are you interested in potentially pursuing a relationship? And so that's gonna dictate how quickly, I guess, you have that conversation. And then at that point in time, you're receiving information in return. Like a lot of the onus and the responsibility is wrongly placed on solely the person who has the infection. When in reality, what we're actually looking for, the person with the infection, their health and their overall wellness and boundaries and needs, et cetera, are just as valuable and as important as the person who, has an, who doesn't have or, ha- or doesn't know they have an infection. So, we want to have a like a, a conversation. Hey, what do we think about like what kind of safer sex practices do we want to use? Are we going to use condoms, lube, whatever. When was the last time you were tested? You know, it could be a quick conversation, it can be a long dialogue about wants and expectations, like it can just evolve and match the actual tone of that relationship and your intended what your intended goal is with that relationship too. So it really it's going to be fluid and change for each person but I think you can have it in a way that isn't, that doesn't feel as scary. Like we make it out to be really scary because it seems like we're having to admit something. It's like an admonition of guilt or shame. Like I have this horrible thing I need to tell you. But like I said, at the beginning of this conversation, everyone, or well, I should say almost everyone, because not everyone has engaged in sexuality or even wants to be sexually active or express their sexuality. But That said, the vast majority of all people have experienced sexual shame at some point in time. So people have things that they feel shame or uncomfortable or nervous about sharing about themselves. So even though you may have this thing that you know has this massive amount of stigma around it and these misconceptions and these perceptions around what that means, there's so much else, though, that is is happening that we forget about. And so it feels like it's all like, I've got to tell you this horrible thing. And it really doesn't have to be. We have to reframe it and make it just a positive conversation that is sex positive, that we're really trying to care about all parties involved in their
1: overall wellness. I love that. I guess my biggest question is, how do you still keep it sexy? So like, even when you're talking about consent, right, forget about any of the STDs, like, how do you ensure it's still kind of sexy and doesn't take you out of the moment? Like, The only example that I can think of is I used to watch Sex in the City all the time when I grew up. And in this one episode in like season two, this guy who's like a bit of a player is sleeping with Samantha. And Samantha's like the most openly sexual, wonderful woman ever, like loves having sex. And he's like kissing her neck and he's like, so when's the last time you had an STD test? And she's like froze and was like, what? (laughs) Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. How can you bring it up and still be sexy without being technical? Do you know what I mean? Like I love the overall explanation that you're giving, but I would love like an actual verbal script from, if you have it, if you don't have it, that's totally fine. And maybe we can brainstorm on one together, but just so like guys can picture having a conversation like that. So they can be respectful about consent and, or they can also be respectful about talking about an STI they have, or possibly the partner the other person has.
0: So there's a couple of things that are interesting there. Like when we're talking about that specific scene and sex in the city, what is actually wrong about what happens is they're already engaging in sexual activity. So they're already being intimate physically. And then he stops and says, have you ever been tested or whatever. So at that point in time, it's too late. The conversation should have happened prior to that. And so that would be alarming because all of a sudden you're in this other space enjoying the physicality of what's happening. And now you have to talk about some practical features. And so I would also say, so first of all, that was done in in a backwards way. And that's what also elevated that and makes it even worse. And of course, Sex in the City now we know is like there's so many examples of like oh gosh that was really cringe worthy and bad now that I've watched sex in the city 3 or 4 times all the way through and I still love it but there's lots of problems that exist right so we can love something even if there's some bad things like from a practical perspective and we can identify and that's entertainment and then this is real life and so in real life I would posit and ask everyone who's listening as well as Marty and Kristen have you ever had anyone stop and say,
1: can I kiss you? I have, but most often, no. It's always something, either somebody else is leading or it's mutual in some way. But I have had, I think, a couple of guys. It's been a long time since I kissed somebody else. But yes, a couple of guys who have asked me, can I kiss you right now?
0: And what did you think about that?
1: I'm always usually too drunk to remember. <laughs> 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 uh, what did I think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to put myself in that place. There's something like I
2: understand that's like the correct way to do it or like the permission y way to do it. But I think the guys that have done that, I haven't liked. So when they say, Can I kiss you? I probably say yes because I don't want them to feel bad. Like I put their feelings in front of maybe what I want, which is a bad thing, like people pleaser thing. But usually the guys who have said it, I'm like, uh, sure but I understand it can actually work if you're into the guy if I was super into the guy and he was like can I kiss you I'd be like fuck yes but if I'm not into him and he says it I'm like uh sure <laughs> and I think he gets the vibe
1: that like we don't want to kiss yeah I'm on the same page as Kristen yeah. totally yes. the same
0: So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there too, right? Because if you're saying yes, when you don't really actually feel it, obviously, like you're saying, people pleaser and that's a trauma response. And of course, there's like all sorts of things that, that, you know, we can go way backward in your adolescence and childhood and where some of that originates, which is not necessary for this conversation. But where I was going with that is when you are really into someone and they pause and ask you, the amount of physical like butterflies and your whole body responds to that potential idea and it is
1: like it charges you it's electrical and yeah I felt my heart getting warm yes even it is. the thought
0: of it to me I don't know if it's just me or not that's why I thought i would really asking because you know I hate to project my own perspective but even the thought of somebody who I'm super into stopping and asking me it's like oh my gosh like Yes, like, why did you? You almost want to say, like, why did you ask me? But it's super hot that you did. And like, now I'm even more into that because obviously you're interested in honoring what I want and you want to make sure that it's okay. So you probably are a person who's more likely to check in with me throughout periodically as we might be doing things. You're going to be more receptive to my needs and our overall, how this is going to benefit like reciprocal and a mutual relationship. Like all of that says a lot of things about someone simultaneously, if they take the moment to pause. So it's on you, of course, you know, and you said that Kristen, so, you know, like if you're saying yes, when you don't really want to, and somebody asked you, but it almost be worse if they just came at you and you were into them. And they didn't ask. And then now you're stuck in this like physical, potentially exchanging germs and things. And then there's that like ick factor of like, oh my gosh, I just did not want that to happen. And, you know, which I think is worse than having to answer honestly and being put on the spot. But it's like when those amazing, amazing opportunities come, like you want to be able to receive that. And so I think for the listeners, asking and pausing gives an opportunity for that electrical charge to like build. And that is the fun part of
1: new relationships in particular, but all of it, like... I think it's sexy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It can build so much tension too, especially if you don't even kiss right away, that can build up so much wonderful tension. Like even just the feeling of, thinking about my husband even saying that to me, it makes my heart warm and like butterflies in my stomach. But I agree with Kristen. If I'm not into somebody and they say that, I'm like, (laughs) no, but okay, probably okay just for a second. That's my response to it. We both probably had the same trauma from our childhood, but... I know, I know. Yeah, (laughs) I think it was us (laughs) together, actually. It was you and I
2: at the same time.
1: Yes, exactly. It's because Kristen kept trying to make out with me and I finally gave in. Marnie was trying to kiss me. (laughs) There's a little bit of
2: an in-between experience that I had once that was maybe a little bit immature-ish, but it was fun and mature-ish. And it was a way to kind of get permission. And I don't know if he was doing it intentionally or not, but it was a way to get permission without that pause moment. And again, that pause moment can be super duper hot. But we were having a great time together. It was like we had spent the entire day, like we were walking through the city. I mean, just like for hours and hours and hours. And so we went to play a video game at his apartment. Then we were going to go back out and go get drinks or dinner or something. And so we stopped at his apartment and we were kind of leaning our shoulders together on his couch. And so like my legs were away from his, like going the opposite direction. So our just our shoulders were touching, his legs were going the opposite direction. and We were leaning into each other and we were really like having fun playing this game on his phone. And he said something like, well, we're going to make out later, right? Or something or like, or like, you want to make out later tonight, right? Like, it was kind of like this. We're not going to do it right now, but like, we're definitely not like feeling this, right? And I was like, yes, we are feeling this. And so we left his apartment and we were going to go, you know, grab the drinks or dinner. And so we got into the elevator and he just like, Came at me and kind of like pushed me up against the corner of the elevator and just kissed me. And it was so amazing. It was like one of the best kisses I've had. And like I knew it was coming. So permission was already there. Yeah. And that's wonderful
0: because you had built.
2: Yeah. We had built up this anticipation. And so he knew it was okay to go for it. I just didn't know when he was going to go for it. And it caught me so off guard. And we're in this like really nice kind of fancy elevator. And I just felt like I was
1: literally in Sex in the City. And I was Charlotte or something like, woo, you know. No, but that's the interesting thing about all of this. It's like, it doesn't have to be as stiff as what you imagine it to be. I think because there's so many, there are so many scripts out there for people. They just picture it being said like a robot and they're like, "Ugh, this is just so unsexy. Let's just skip over this part. But I think what you've really shown in the past 30 minutes is that it can be kind of sexy. You can find fun ways that are true to who you are to still get that consent. I want to take a quick break and then come back and really talk about the female perspective. On consent, if most of the people listening are straight men who are wanting to get consent from women. So we will be back in a second with Janelle Marie Pearson. So
2: football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game
1: starts. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back and we are going to dive into the female perspective on consent. And I would love to give... The guys, a little background on why consent is such an important thing, and I think actually from the first half of the show, the two examples of Kristen and I both saying we've had so many times where we've just done it to you know make it easier to make somebody comfortable is a prime example of how a lot of females had been programmed in the past. You know, you're the expert, so I'd love to hear your take on it.
0: Well, and sometimes that's the safest route too, especially from a female perspective. Is that's is just acquiescing and going with it so that you don't end up putting yourself in harm's way and in a more dangerous situation because you can't always say no safely and not everyone recognizes that or understands that. It just may, might seem like you're the floozy or whatever this perception is. And it's like, no, actually, I was just doing that to get rid of this person and that was the quickest way to do it. And that's unfortunate. It's just a product of our culture. And even if like there's been times when you said yes and you're, and you're a little less Thrilled about it. And you realize in hindsight, like I only did it because of A, B, and C. We all learn through these experiences. So we're not doing everything and walking through life perfectly. Like it all helps teach us something about how we want to operate the next time. And so it's all beneficial information, even the kind of crappy experiences. And I say that just so that we don't beat ourselves up over when we have those experiences. But I think we forget about like consent is sexy. And we've just given like some. Great examples of different ways that it can be sexy. And we are inundated with this faux example from the media of what like spontaneous, amazing sex and relationships is supposed to look like. And it just like happens and everything is amazing and perfect and nobody ever queefs or burps or has funny smells or is awkward or elbows someone and we're nobody's somehow ever wearing socks, which I don't know when they take them off, but they certainly don't show that on TV. I mean, you know, this goofy stuff that we don't, that it, it's, it's <laughs> Hollywood version of it. And I heard true. this a while ago, right? I mean, like, when do they take their socks off? Somehow taking your socks and shoes off, there's not a sexy way to do that. Like,
1: yeah. but then also sometimes they have sex with their clothes fully on. It's so weird. Like sometimes like they're just fully clothed and they're like, oh, that was so good. I'm like, where's your naked parts? Like, how are you having sex? So that is interesting that you said that. Yeah. About the socks, too.
2: But the socks, the my technique is like one fell swoop with the jeans, like make it like they almost yeah, get just, knotted up with the it jeans. The same it's like a stocking action. Like I pretend they're part of the pant.
0: That's smart. That's good. That is good. I always worry about like toe fuzzies. If I take my socks off and I'm wearing like black socks or something and I happen to like, then we look down later and I've got these like toe fuzzies because I haven't been able to like take them off in the way I want to. I don't know, you know goofy stuff that it's like, this is obviously not depicted. Of course, the woman always orgasms through just penetration alone in a series of like 10, 15 minutes, which is not reality and is very unusual. And so none of what we see is real, true, real life interactions. The majority of it. I heard this awesome example. Somebody said, the only reason why we think it's amazing when some guy in a movie, it's Matthew McConaughey always, and he's like pounding on this chick's door. He won't go away. He's throwing things up at her window. He's at her work. The only reason we think that's cool is because Matthew McConaughey is hot and we would all love Matthew McConaughey at our door. But replace that with the hobo down the street who hasn't shaved in a week, has a drug problem. I mean, I don't know, you know, whatever. Some nasty person... And all of a sudden, that's not cool at all if they won't leave or you alone. Or even just
1: some guy. Any guy. Exactly. They don't even have to be the worst like, person you can imagine. Yeah, even to some guy that you're not 100% interested in. Then you're like, oh, how do I get this person away? They keep pursuing me and I'm, you know, kind of giving signals <laughs> to say stop doing it. But, but you're absolutely right. There's like horrible messages that are being sent through media and other places that say these things are romantic when most often they're not as welcomed when you're not into somebody.
0: Exactly. And don't you want to know if that person is into you? I mean, wouldn't you want them?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the guys right now are saying, well, how do I know if she's into me? That's every guy. Their emotional intelligence, not every one of them, but a lot of guys think, oh, because she's talking to me and smiling at me, she must be into me. When it's like, we're being polite, we're being
1: affable. So how do we tell the difference? How does the guy know? You ask. Mm Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think if there's one lesson that we've learned from this entire podcast is like you can always ask, hey, I'm trying to get a read on the room. Are we flirting yeah. with each other? Like even being really cute like yeah. the guy did with you. Like, wait, we're making out later, right? Just want to check. Like there can be adorable ways to do it that fit your personality. It doesn't always have to be like, excuse me, are you into me? I don't know if I'm reading it correctly. I say the only way to get what you want is by asking for it. Like opening your mouth and saying something. You can always try to stay safe and like play it cool or however you want to view it by not verbalizing things. But that is the clearest way to get a response from somebody. And I mean, sometimes that doesn't even give you a fully honest response because you can say like, wait, are you into me? And the girl can be like, yeah. (laughs) So at a certain point, sometimes, you know, you have to read her body language as well and how she's actually responding to you. But the best way is to ask just like Janelle just said.
0: Well, absolutely. And this goes in both directions in that we want to keep checking in on purpose because people can change their mind. And if they do change their mind, a mature and emotionally responsive or emotionally mature response is okay, cool. Like that sucks. And I'm bummed, but you accept it and move on as opposed to like stalking, as opposed to showing up their door. I mean, That's only hot in the movies and with people who you are massively into. And then you would know and like to be able to make sure, like, are you into me? And is that how you're feeling? Like whatever. And like you said, you can say it in fun and flirty ways and check in to see what's happening. And that in and of itself is like, that is a turn-on. People are who, if they're into you, they'll appreciate that because that says a lot about your emotional intelligence, your responsibility level, like where you want to see the relationship head. Even in casual situations, it also means you're responsible, you're thoughtful, you care about the other person's pleasure. So it doesn't have to be like only for committed long-term kind of things. You can also do this in a cool way and make sure that you're ongoing getting consent
1: in even casual situations. Yeah. I've mentioned this a long time ago on our podcast. Actually, I probably mentioned it several times, but I haven't said it in a while. The best way that somebody's ever asked me for consent was the first night that I ever had a one-night stand. This is like back when I was 19 years old. And I was making out with this guy named Ian Redmile from the UK. And we were making out and he looked at me and he said, if you don't like anything I'm doing, just slap my hand. And we'll stop. And he literally grabbed my hand, made me slap his hand. And I was like, okay, well, I love that you just said that to me. And I did not have to slap his hand. I was happy with everything that he was doing to me because I knew that I had a choice, right? Not not that I didn't know that before, but it gave me that authority, that power, which I, know I was 19, I don't think I ever had that over my own body before, or at least not that it was verbalized, that you have control over what happens. You don't have to make up a lie about, you know, why we have to stop doing things. And I really appreciated that. And then it also told me something about him. He's not desperate to have sex with me, right? He can have other options or he's okay not doing anything. He is a validated man on his own. He doesn't need this from me. And I knew that, or at least I assumed from what he said that there wouldn't be negative repercussions from me deciding either way what it was that I wanted. And I, I loved that. And I think it's a very sexy way to ask for consent. Yeah,
0: 100%. I absolutely agree. That's another great way. I mean, like you said, you can do it in a way that's true to your personality, you know? And you and that's why I've always reticent to like here's a script, here's an example because my language, especially as an educator, I talk about sexuality all the time, is going to be more verbose, it's going to be a lot drier, more clinical like whatever. Like I do speak like this in normal life even to like my kids and nieces and nephews and stuff, but that's me and people are aware of that and they're already used to the way in which I communicate, but that's not going to fit for all people. So you got to find like what style feels good. And I think that's, that's empowering too. Like if you know you're having a conversation that really is supportive of all parties involved, it feels good to know like you're doing the right thing and also like you're going to receive a lot of yeses as a result of that because people are into being able to have a choice and to feel like they're... Pleasure, their bodies, their needs, et cetera, matter to them, to other people, as well as to you individually, specifically.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, I want to wrap up our show notes. I know that you have to go, but thank you so much for coming on and teaching us about consent and talking to us about how to communicate around the topic of STIs, I think this is really good information for the guys who are listening and something that we haven't talked about in a very long time. Janelle, can you please tell people how they can find out more information from you and from your program?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can find me online on all the places, social media, wherever you consume media at the STI project. I just recently launched a managing herpes toolkit. So if you have herpes and you're looking for a practical way to manage and have like a solution that feels right for your body, your life, et cetera, that's online and available at the STI project. And yeah, come and find me, ask questions, reach out. I'm always here to support anyone in your experience and so that you can make decisions that are the best for your body
1: and your partner's. I love it. Thank you so much for teaching us about that. And guys, go check out the STI project, please. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show so you don't have to waste time downloading individual episodes. It's a waste of time that you could be spending on interacting, meeting, approaching, dating women. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.